Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There you go. <laughs> Live and direct. The man them are on top. Let me just... Change one Gucci. Sure, I'm going to plug in this thing. Change one Gucci for the next Gucci. You know how this thing moves. <laughs> Wait, shall I draw the, the Ray-Bans on them? Bro, I know you lost my Ray-Bans. I know you lost my Ray-Bans in the cinema. But as I said, if you do good, good must come back to you. And the Ray-Bans, the Ray-Bans came straight back. Someone handed it in. And I got my Ray-Bans. But anyway... Bro, you, can't, you can't lose anything. It told you, you can't lose anything. Two weeks ago, remember, I lost my car keys. My big Range Rover car keys inside yes. of the UFC, watching Paddy the Baddy. Yeah? Yes. They dropped out my pocket. I went in and out, and then they... You know what I mean? Someone recognised me, said, what are you looking for? I said, oh, I misplaced my keys. They said, well, you're going to have to come back tomorrow. They let me back in. As they let me back in, gone down the stairs... Two two black youths who were working down there who had like um who were working who were working up on the on the floor. They said, Ah, yeah. oh, bruv, did you did you lose your keys? It's me, yeah. He goes, What car is it? It's a Range Rover. I said, yeah, bruv, you have to drop me off, give me up my keys. What are the odds? <laughs> when you do good good comes back, this you can't lose no things. That's impossible, man. You know that's impossible. Impossible. You can't lose no Ray Bands. Impossible. Yes, before, just give me one sec before we start properly. Literally one second. Literally, wait a minute. Paul L Finance, my brother from another, my wait, we're starting the show properly, right? Thank you so much for the five pounds. You started the thing, it's Sunday collection. We are doing the church thing up in here. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is the building fund, right? So, let us start as we always do in those glorious. Now recognize words across the globe. Dream it, believe it, but most of all, become it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down. Listen, man, 
we're going to have a glorious show today. You know what? Glorious show. Regardless of whoever jumped on the show, because we've got Audrey Harrison coming on. We've got Ambrose Mendy coming on. We've got quite a few people. Everyone's talking about the fights that's coming up with the AJ fight next week. It's like people don't want to boost up this fight. We all know the, the propaganda that's going on right now, trying to hold back. And it's two massive entities, but I ain't going to get into that right now. I'm going to focus and concentrate solely on the fight. And yes, we need AJ to bring it back home. We need just, like the, just like the female England football team. All right? We need him to break up, break up this brother. Exactly. And, and there's only one science that he can do, Tundi. Only one science. What's the science that AJ's got to do? The roadman science. Simple as that, man. I'll <laughs> press the button if we had a button to press, but we don't need it because you know what time of day it is. But listen, man. Massive oh, fight. Massive fight that was announced last week was Chris Eubank Jr. versus Connor Nigel Ben. Popcorn thing. Right? Definitely, definitely, definitely popcorn thing. And it is a fact where we're going to read out your thing in a second, Ram, so hold tight. It's a fact that we're also looking at the histrionics of this fight. So hopefully we're going to get Ambrose Mendy, who has been kind of wrongly sidelined in this because they're talking <laughs> about the history. Seriously, they kind of push Ambrose to one. Just get over there, man. Yeah, ancient yeah. relic. Yeah, like he's an ancient relic. Yeah, I mean, you sound like Apollo Creed, man. No, man, they're loving you when you're blitzing and when you get up, when you get out of the rings, like ancient history, man. Oh, come <laughs> on now, Apollo, you know, ancient history. Now, but I was trying to say to you, so no, I'm saying... Like on this, we can't leave out those guys because those guys have got the real stories. Those guys, because I don't care what anyone want to say. Nigel Ben, Nigel Ben at at the height of his career, Nigel Ben was synonymously recognized with Ambrose Mendy because those two were a double act. I swear down. At that time, those two were a double act. And what they did in British boxing at that time. And then being brave enough to say, all right, to hold with this, we're going out to America after losing to Michael Watson to rebuild. And they weren't fighting on Muppets neither. Sandaline Williams was a hard, tough, tough man. I'm telling you this now. All the Ronnie's nose. Ambrose will be telling it straight, Eubank wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, straight. I'm, I'm, looking forward, I'm looking forward to hearing Ambrose and I'm looking forward to hearing Audley most definitely. Um, let me just read out a few comments before you Go continue. On. Have to go back to our brother Rams because you know Rams says this is the realest host on the most honest boxing podcast online. Looking forward to this evening's breakdown. Uncle Tundi rocking the Arsenal badge. Yes, Uncle T rep the team with honor. <laughs> John Khan, he says, Oh no, I just realized my TV's on it. Let me lock up my TV. Yeah, before you time, before the chat, balance up and take away the Snapchat money. Yeah. Lock off the Snapchat money. <laughs> um, John Khan, Tundi, Arsenal start to win again, and the Arsenal shirts tops come back out. Bruh, you know how this thing goes. Otai Ragu or Rugo, he says, Big up from Sweden, keep telling the truth, and Usik and Ben is going to sleep. Wow. Um, Don. Uh, the man's 15. He says, what's up? What's good, Beats? Paul L. Finance. Big up to my brother's muscle-head and the knowledge. Hope you're both keeping well. As for the fight, I see another Nick Blackwell situation. Connor will get damaged in this fight. Remember I said it. 
Jeez. This is going to be serious tonight. Guzzy, he says, Salam, brothers, Spencer and Tundi and Gary. If you're there, hope you're good, guys. You know, Gary's on a mission. I don't know. My mastery's always sending, my mastery strategist, always sending the most love. Um, Coco, she said, I clicked on the vid so fast. Hey, everyone. Oh, Ty Coco, original sniper the boss is in the building. And if that's the original sniper the boss, um, you know, news leaving match room, unhappy with the situation, been out nine, ten months, offered fights that's just not good enough. Um, and he wants to move forward to his career. So I think we'll touch on that at some point. No, we won't touch on that. We also we also got to get him on the show. Yeah, we also got to get Sniper on the show. I'm gonna I'm gonna phone him. Sniper, I'm gonna phone you after the show. We'll get you on maybe in a week. Um, but yeah, we gotta get you on because like people ain't that's a that's a massive bold move that you've taken. But there are a lot of fighters who are actually unhappy with matchroom at this time. Um, and I'm just telling how it, how it is. They're just unhappy because they don't know when they're fighting. Um, but this is what happens when you're when you're with a a new broadcaster. It's very difficult to 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 kind of calculate when you're meant to be fighting. Remember, they came out when the zone first bust. They came out with a big belly. Who Eddie Hearn now would regret on his contradictory statement of like pay per views dead because now this Eubank and Ben fight is pay per view. Eddie Hearn's got a little bit of egg on his face and he's got to admit that. they got a little bit of egg on his face because the zone didn't get the AJ Usyk fight, the rematch. You know what I mean? They lost to, to Sky. There's loads, of, there's loads of little things that we could go touch on. But I'm just saying, listen, I don't care who's broadcasting because that's not lying in my pockets. What is lying in my entertainment and my soul is seeing good bloody fights. I don't care who puts them on. Let them be on BT. Let them be on Sky. You know what I mean? Let them be on YouTube. Let them be on the zone. I don't care where they are. Show us the fights and give the fans what they want to see. Because when you're a fan, that means that you're fanatical. And if you're not fanatical, sometimes you can be blatantly dramatical. So therefore, give us those things. That's what we want to see. And I think that Tundi Ajay is on the same agreement with me. Just make the best fights happen. Don't care where they come from. Just let them happen. The knowledge. Let's read out comments for another two minutes before we really get the show started. Andrew Webb, evening, gents. This fight is awesome. How can people not be behind AJ? We've gotten greedy having two heavyweight champs. There was a time when we had no top British heavyweights. Good point, sir. We will definitely be touching on that. <laughs> I know Listen to me. But Spencer, let's read that. Sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. I told you, you don't get, you don't got Spencer hype. 200 currently watching. Press that like button. Press the subscribe button. Tyson Rodley says, oh, yeah, it sounds like a good way to chew on a Sunday night. Thanks to Tundi and the knowledge. Oh, Ty Tyson, big up. Off the canvas boxing. Good evening, gentlemen. <laughs> you know that. Big up off the canvas. Um, uh, let me read a few more. Uh, Guzzy says, yes, yeah, Spence, I see you on Channel 4 News. Well, <laughs> you got a call for the fight is right. You've got to. Listen. Keep on reading. I'll go back to that. Guzzy, I'm going to come back to you. All right. right? Cool. Hold tight. Uh, Tusev Patel, Spence equals Badman G. <laughs> uh, Eubank going to do some serious damage to Ben. That comes from Ali Shah. Um, up the Gooners. <laughs> Shola, Ibunfid. Come on. Um, up London TV's in the house. M. Left hook. 
Right, oh, bro, it's coming. The, the thing, the thing's coming. We got some ex exciting fights coming up. Uh, coming up. Oh, did the zone just announce the Usyk AJ fight on the zone? Also, I don't know about that, but we'll be we'll be touching on that if that is the case. Um, uh, take away. I don't know how that one's gonna work, but we'll go back to that one. Yeah, I don't know how that's gonna work. Take away the surnames. Is it really a good fight? I don't know. Come on, the Arsenal. Yes, sir. Up London TV, best boxing podcast. And I'll add the word period. <laughs> Big up Spence. Uh, never forget you, King. Old tight Rams. Yes, Rams. Um, boxing bot, hashtag team music, hashtag team Ben in the house. Um, uh, yeah, we're moving. Um, what's the time now? 11 minutes past. Um, um, ATR says, my heart is with AJ, but I haven't really seen any footage of him. How is he getting on? Again, questions which will be answered very soon on the show. We also we have two great guests coming up who are itching to give their opinion. Probably, what's the word? Blacklisted from the boxing fraternity on the whole. Uh, but, you know, the fight is right. We give everyone an opportunity to talk, regardless of what people feel about them, whether it's... Well, you can't say positive or negative because if it's negative, they wouldn't be on the show. But, you know, people have a right to, to, to have an opinion and we like to have this platform where they can talk. And I feel like people like Orly Harrison and, and Ambrose Mendy are still key figures, historically, if anything, uh, in the fabric of British boxing and what they have done and the part they have played. And I feel that's something that should never be forgotten about. Hence why they're on our show. Um, Andrew Webb, he says, does anyone think Eubanks could be weak to the body? Maybe that's the key. Then try and catch him out the, or the clinches to the head with uppercuts, which should be doubled as the smaller man. Again, man breaking down tactics on this thing here. <laughs> um, big up, something I never knew, big up sniper, he polaxed Eubanks in sparring. Mm, okay, okay. Uh, I boxing hub says lovely, loving the Arsenal jacket. Come on, you gooners, you know the set. All right, two more of them are ready to kick off this thing out. Um, Rob Mayer says, Hi, gents, 157 pounds plus the rehydration clause concerns me. Stopping Junior from fully rehydrating before the bell, safe or fair? Again, we're gonna to touch on that one more, yeah. and that will that's a good that's a good starter there, um Spence. Good starter. Um yep. to Seth, should I read that? Uh mm, all right. Before we go back to that question, big up the two OGs in this boxing game. <laughs> I think that means the master knowledge. And a tundi. Anyway, Spence, let's kick off the conversation. Um, what time are we expecting Audley and, 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 and Ambrose? Well, I've, just sent, I've sent a message out. Ambrose is about 8.45. Okay. Um, Audley could be around about any time. Uh, if anything, I'll just phone him. But yeah. Um, <laughs> but before, before then, we'll just touch on a couple things. Now, one... Everybody listens to the fighters, right? And this is factual because, as you know, especially after we did the Mark Breland, after we did the Mark Breland, then people knew like, right, them, them two brothers are serious, right? 
Because remember, nobody can get hold of Mark Breeden. After Mark Breeden, so anything that we say always gets quoted, always gets quoted <laughs> in the newspapers. And fair play to the newspapers because they say it's from Tundia Jaisman's a fair run of the fighters, right? Yes, they always give us credit. Right? In fairness. So, big up Addy from The Zone. Um, he passed over my number to Channel 4 saying, listen, if anyone you want to talk about this when it comes to the history of this fight, it's one man and one man alone, Spencer Ferron. They contacted me in the morning and said, boy, could you come down? But they also saw the tweet when I said that this fight is actually the Pepsi-Cola, Pepsi-Cola, Coca-Cola war that we had in the 80s. That is what that British boxing had with Eubank and Ben. That is the kind of magnetism that those two men brought to the game. They heard it and said, that's a really good soundbite. Would you mind coming on? Uh, we're interviewing Connor and we're interviewing um, Chris Jr. Uh, on the same day. So that was the day before the weigh-in, the day before the press conference weigh-in, day before the press conference. So I came down, did my bit. And it was kind of cool because that soundbite has trended. It trended on Twitter, it trended. But everything starts here from the fight is right. Okay. Don't get twisted. News so when, right. So when, what was Hemans asking? What was a paycheck from Channel Four? Um, not, not more than the money that we collect on the fighters, right? <laughs> okay. Right? Newsflash. Newsflash, members. Go on. Eddie Hearn has just posted Usyk Joshua live in 190 countries on the zone. Boxing. Okay, that's cool. Live on the zone boxing, but yes. out of them 155,000 countries, not one of them is the UK, so that don't mean no difference to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Available globally, excluding UK uh, and I mean plus Ukraine. So, okay. it's not uh, so, us. So, all right, that's nice, but where, where, where are we living to? We're in the UK, mate. So, all right, UK man. Well, I think you better get your um, what, what they call that thing. Um, when you can watch other countries, the VPN, v- VPN, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you might better just just activate your, your VPN and get in. Well, don't let me say that because Sky's gonna be on at me if I say that, but but yeah, well, I mean, I, I guess that's good news for those outside of the UK. Um, at least it will be available to subscribers. It, it will it will be because you got to think about it. Um, the rest of the other countries, it's like you're penny pinching to to make up bits and bobs, right? And to say, oh, then, well, the zone's going to do the rest of the world, right? That's cool. The zone do the rest of the world. Are the zone bigger than Showtime? Mm, mm, you're in America. You're bigger than Showtime. Mm. All right then, so cool. I get all that part. Where, oh yeah, well, the rest of the world is going to get to see the fight, and the 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 interest of Anthony Joshua is not in America, mm. right? The interest of this fight is it in no other country but here in the UK. You might be right, there, Spence. Are we not right? Of course, I'm right. What do you mean, Mike? There's no Mike in this. I am. I really want to talk about Mike. Yes, I am Mike T, but no, there's no Mike in this turn. Tell you right. this straight. You always have to put a philosophical spin. That's right. Team. There's no might in this thing. But let me tell you this, yeah? UK man are building this fight. Because the UK man are going to be doing the pay-per-view. Right. I know um, in America, it's going to be out. It's not going to be um, pay-per-view in America. Right? Because if they dreamed of doing that, they better wake up and apologize. If they dreamed of doing that, they, they, it'd be disastrous for them. Mm. Right? They could do the zone pay-per-view for Canelo because simply because 
one in three Mexicans watch Canelo when he fights Tundi. So you could do that with Canelo. But don't dream of trying to do that with Anthony Joshua. Mm. Right, because the last recollection that Americans have of Anthony Joshua was seeing him get put on his bottom by Andy Ruiz. So they can't, that's not going to sell. Um, anyway. No okay. one don't know, no one, sorry, sorry to cut you, Tony. Nobody don't know Usyk in America like that. Mm. So okay. they better be giving it out on the app for free. Is there someone on your phone, Spence? Why, is it, are we getting thingy? Look at your phone. I can hear some echo thing. Uh, all the Harris is in, so all the, check all the Harris is No, I told you, text all the Harris is in. <laughs> Bro, you have to know how to do this TV thing, you know. <laughs> what are you talking about? All just said, I'm in. The man don't even have to do the TV thing. Tony anyway, just said, look, look, all the Harris and I'm in, straight. Yeah, and then what is that? What is the following text? Is? I said, I'm read the thing, Spence. Tundee, I like Bibi. Bro, you got to teach this man a TV ticket. Bro, you got to run the thing properly. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen. It's hot, I'm sweating, bro. Without further ado, the one, the only, the irrepressible. I want you to hear the words. The irrepressible, the mighty, the man that really gave GB amateur system the lift. The man who is the most spoken about on this thing here. People always call for this particular individual. Straight. Clearly showing he still is relevant. He still has a voice and he's still someone the boxing public and people in general want to hear from. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to you. And the fight is right. The one, the only, only. A Force Harrison. <laughs> Come on. Right, right, right. You know how to speak, make a man feel good on a Sunday, you know. We got, <laughs> Come we got, on. We got Tunde. We got Spencer. We got UK crew. We got people in Europe if you're listening. We got people in America if you're listening. We got people all around the world. You get me? So respect for that Tunde. And, uh, and I mean, I, I was just coming. I just came from London. It was a beautiful thing. Weather was good. People was good. Vibe was good. And, you know, Cobbworth Games was on. I wasn't trying to, like, run around and everything, but it was good to just go there. And um, the vibe was good. Like, everyone who see me, give me love. They still know me. You get me? So it's good. It's good to feel, because that's where it started. The Cobbworth Games is where my journey started, where people knew I was on a big mission, not just for me, or for, for British boxing, you know what I mean? Because that Cobbworth Games goal is where the money 1998, started. you know. That's where it started, where I got that, that, that gold medal got us to 500k that allowed us to go to the Olympic qualifiers. Come and on. The, the Olympic gold is what allowed us to get that 4 million that now we have the, you know, the English Institute of Sport. Look how well we're doing. If I never won that gold, there would be no Olympic lottery funding. There would be no world-class performance plan. And I know self-praise is no recommendation, but I have to say it because people don't like to say it, but that's just the real talk of it, you know, and they try and they try and diminish how big it is. But, you know, it's, it's big. That was my mission, you know, like to take control of all of that pot. Tony, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt you here, yeah? Yeah. Tony's always told me about, we talk about self-praises, no recommendation. Right. You must be reading my mind. Right, right. <laughs> Tony, please tell, please tell him about the this self-praise. Self-praise is the only recommendation. The man who came up with that quote is a liar. to trick people. <laughs> the man who came up with a quote 
don't want you to realize your power. Right. You have to praise yourself. No you doubt. have to acknowledge the achievements that you have done. Yeah, yeah. It's not a, so I don't know where this where this saying come from. I'm still waiting for someone to right. tell you said it because right. whoever it is, we need to rush him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, real talk, real talk. It's like people like in England. It's just a wicked. It's just a wicked mindset that they have. That <laughs> you gotta you like dim your light. You start to dim your light. You know, and I've always been about shining your shining my light bright. I used. Like, even when I was coming up, I remember being in Crystal Palace, 1996. I'm in Crystal Palace in my bright red tracksuit. They won't even let me in the room where the England squad are training. But I know in four years' time, I'm going to be in that room. So I'm walking around in my bright tracksuit. They're like, who's this guy? I'm at the ABAs. Way before I won the ABAs, like, walking around like I was something. Because I'm like, you guys are going to recognise and know this guy. So I was. A, they looked at me like I was some joker. Even at the Olympics, they're like, I went around every team and said, look, I'm Audley Harris, I'm going to win the gold medal. You get me? I, I had no shame in my game because I knew where I was going. You know what I mean? And it's that confidence that kind of like it's Americanized because in England, they kind of frown it. Ah, he's too, he's too bossy. You get me? He's probably like his shit don't stink. And it was just, it was all the marketing thing of like making yourself like out there because in England, they were trying to impress you. I wanted boxing to be so big Olympic style boxing. I wanted it so big and I had to match it by getting the gold medal. Because if you run at your mouth and you do all of that and you don't do it, then you get shot in the foot. Just like as a pro, as you saw, when I fell, they were able to shoot me in the foot because I talk the same way. And if I, if you don't deliver, it's like Mayweather, you cannot drop the ball, not once. And he never, I ever, he just kept it. And I was, I walked that same road, but then I didn't deliver the good. So it put me in a bad position because you have to make sure you, when you talk like that, you have to deliver the goods, you know what I mean? So, anyway, that's all, you know, that's all past the past, but we're talking about some big fights. I know you guys have got me on to talk about the big fights, so... Yes, sir. It, Fence, well, listen, let's fire away, because... Where you look, what, no better man I feel to talk about <clears throat> this upcoming fight. Well, I mean, there's two two fights which we're going to touch on, but uh, the first one is the Usyk, Alexander Usyk, the unified champion versus the title, the man trying to regain those belts, Anthony Joshua. Next week, we're less than seven days away. Um, what I mean, just what's your what's your outlook on this fight? Uh, because many people, as you know, have opinions, and many people are backing AJ. Many people are not backing AJ. Uh, Usyk has already delivered once. Um, and usually, that means you're going to deliver again. <laughs> um, but I'm very interested, and I know Spencer's been saying all week, I want to hear all these thoughts and opinions on this, and uh, tactically, how both men can go about winning this contest. Yeah, so, um, you know, I've given this some good thought. I've gone online, like, done my due diligence. When I was boxing, I used to, like, work with great matchmakers, Johnny Boss in America. But I used to do a lot of my own homework. And one of the best places to start when you're looking at, like, breaking down a fight is to look at, go on, go on and look at their record and look who's their fault, look who they're for and see if you can find any comparisons who they're for. So I've done that for this fight. I've also done it for, for Ben and um, 
for Ben and Eubanks as well, just to give it, just to give you guys the, the respect, you know what I mean? And just do my due diligence like I would do going on any show. And and the thing about this fight with, with Joshua, like, you know, he's fighting a southpaw, which a lot of orthodox people find difficult anyway. You know, he's only fought one southpaw for Charles. You know what I mean? He's fought one southpaw before. So it was probably difficult for him anyway when he was preparing to fight Usyk the first time because he, he doesn't have a lot of experience, number one. You know, he came up pretty quick. He fought Charles, won the title. Then you're kind of in the deep end. You know, it's like Lennox when he fought brother. You're kind of in the deep end. You're kind of learning. You don't have much time to learn now, but you still need to learn. You know, yes. and when when Lennox lost, it's almost some of the best times he's lost. He's able to make the adjustments and then come back. Normally with a new team. So Joshua's kind of done that. He lost to Ruiz. He you know made some adjustments. Came back the second time. Okay, Ruiz wasn't the same Ruiz. But he still made the adjustments, made the work easy. Just like Lennox has done, just like Vladimir has done, where you move to a new trainer. So trainer's number one. Like, you move to an Emmanuel Stewart. He's a closer. Now, Joshua's tried to do the same thing. Now he's got Garcia. <coughs> the question you've got to ask yourself, is Garcia a closer? Probably not for a heavyweight. Probably mm -hmm. not for Joshua. What he's done with Mickey Garcia is great. I love Garcia. I love Robert Garcia. Great trainer. For Joshua, maybe not the right guy. In my opinion, maybe not. Maybe it's. It's all going to be find out. But Joshua has made those moves like a Lennox, like a Vladimir, and you've gone to somebody else now who's going to hopefully close it off. Because after this, you probably haven't got much chance after this change and find a new trainer. So a lot's going to depend on how Garcia sees this fight and how he's what what he's bringing to the game. Because the weakness Joshua has, like, and just want to pull it out there. I hope Joshua does it. Like I'm a Brit. I'm a Brit. He's a black brother from Britain, Olympics, gone through. I hope he does it. So I'm just pointing it out there. Joshua, I'm rooting for you. I hope you can pull it out. You know what I mean? So that's just pointing it out there. The reality of it is, is Usyk, you know, with his, like, even looking through Usyk's record, like, he's got people like Michael Hunter on there who he couldn't bang out. So you know, he, it's not that he's an awesome big power puncher. Yes, sir. Joshua should be able to go the distance with him. If he don't burn himself out, mm. get tired, like because in the last fight he got he got he just got burnt out because he was trying to figure it out, and Joshua was just, and Juicy was just giving him the blues technically, and when mm. you get that in a fight situation, you start as a fighter you, and it's not everything's difficult trying to figure it out, and the guy's backing you up, he's coming forward, he just gave Joshua too many tricks, and Joshua couldn't figure that out, and that's what burnt him out. Well, that's because Dusik is not like he's a big, he's heavy. And you see Usyk's put on extra weight for this fight. So he's put on weight, which could be to his detriment if Joshua does it right. You know, because Joshua, to win this fight, you've got, to, you've got to be able to jab the guy. You've got to be able to fight him as a southpaw. So you've got to be stepping around him. And every time you, you can't stand still with him, you've got to step around him. And you've got to be fainting him, jabbing him, head and body. And then you, every time you get close, you've got to bang him up. And you've mm. got to turn him out. See, the thing about the, the big heavyweights, you're, like you see Lennox, you see Vladimir, they all learn it in the end. Lennox got it down quick. And I I had it down quick because I felt Torrance, you knew how to fight on the inside. Every time they come on the inside, they're supposed to be walking onto a shot. If they're not walking onto a shot, you're leaning on them and pushing them down. And if you're not pushing them down, then you, you're just roughing them up on the inside. And Joshua hasn't learned those tricks that will make his life much easier when you're fighting these kind of fights. See, Vladimir didn't know it in the beginning. Vladimir learned it in the end. 
not perfect, but you've learned enough to get through. You've yes. got, as a heavyweight, you've got to be able to tie up guys. You've got to be able to walk them onto shots, whether it's the uppercut you're walking on to or you're walking them to a body shot. You've, they've got a fear when they're coming in that they're going to be getting something. And so right now, Joshua doesn't have those tricks. Garcia knows all those tricks, and that's what he needed to add. So that's maybe why he went with Garcia. Because you've got to be able to be able to hit the guy as he's coming in. Even if you've got to make him miss and make him pay. So the, the, the idea of the heavyweights is that you're lining up a guy and you're not you're just adjusting yourself to punch. So I'm moving away. But really, you, you're, you're walking up, you're adjusting yourself to punch. So you're looking to hit him. You're not trying to get away from the shot. And that's what Joshua needs to think. He's got to go into the war zone in this fight. He's, so he's got to go in close. But he can't afford to take punishment. He's got to be able to back up, use it comfortably and be able to land shots because you've got to burn the guy's energy. You, you usually can't be as strong in the sixth round as he is in the first. By the sixth, seventh, and eighth, he's got to be feeling the, the, the pace of the fight. But he's yes. got to be the punishment of the fight. And the only way uh, Joshua can do that is by fighting smart and being able to have the ring prowess that he hasn't really shown. He showed it a little bit with Ruiz. He's shown it with a, like with with Vladimir fight. He kind of just showed his balls. You know, he showed it like I can I can get in there with you. Because he was fighting a guy who's, who's bigger, and, and that was the right strategy. But for this guy, Usyk, he has to have some of those boxing tricks that he hasn't really shown. He showed a little bit in the, in the um, in the Ruiz fight. But he has to have those tricks. So I hope that's what he's worked on. He's got to stay in there. He's got to be calm, and he's got to be he's got to be deadly. Like the other thing about rematches that I want to touch on, like when you're having a rematch, right? You've seen it with Mickey Ward, and 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 I was fortunate to be at Mickey Ward Gatti. I was I was at one of those fights. Lennox Hassim Rahman, right? Another one. Like the mindset, like even me, Danny Williams too, right? The mindset for a rematch, right? Is it ain't about the money. It's like no boy test. You know, Lennox used to say no boy test. That was my mentality for Danny Williams too. Like I, I, it was like. It wasn't about the money. It was like, no boy test. No matter what happens, I'm going to win that. No matter what, I'm going through you. Mm. This is like, this is about what it's about. You go back to what you got into boxing for, right? And you look in the yes. mirror and you say, whatever it takes, I'm going to get that victory. And that mindset, the payback, you know, you see Lennox walk out. When I was walking out, Daddy, it was nothing in my mind but the payback, right? And so... That's a place where it's like um, Deontay Wilder when he fought Tyson Fury in the third fight. He went to that place. He didn't care whether he what, died or whatever. He was going to, he didn't get the yeah. wicks, but he so, had the mindset that mm, where fighters, a lot of fighters don't want to go. But yes. You, you go to that place when you want to get those victories. And, and then you normally see them in those rematches. And so I hope Joshua, I know he's been quite quiet with this, you know, he hasn't said much. But if Joshua can go to that place, no matter who he's fighting, he's going to go through them. You know I mean? Because he has that dog heart spirit. And it, it, you're going there with it. You're calm, confident, but you've got that dog heart spirit. And no matter what it takes, I'm going to get you, that. Uh, question, please. Uh, do you think whatever game plan AJ comes with, it would be something that Alexander Usyk has never seen before? Yeah, like looking through Usyk's record, if you look through his record, I mean, he had a great amateur career and I know he fought a lot. And he's gone through Bellu and then Bellu was a good fight. He was close. The fight was close all the way through. You look at the points. 
And then you look, like I said, he fought Michael Hunt as a pro and he fought some tough, like European um, fighters. He's fought some tough guys. Yeah. Mm. Look at the people he's fought heavyweights. I know he's moving up. Like Joshua's a real big heavyweight. And I know Mm. you're moving into that. If Joshua fights him like a big, strong heavyweight and bullies him, pushes him back, every time you're getting close, you see how Lennox fought uh, Tyson. Every time yes. Tyson got close, Lennox leaned on him or he pushed him. Or leaned on him, pushed him or hit him. <laughs> yeah. Fight him like a big man. Yes. So that's how Joshua needs to fight. Every time they're in close, you put your weight on him. You, you hit him low. You hit him on the elbow. You hit him on the hip. You've got to fight him like a big man. All those tricks, Garcia knows. If Garcia adds that to him, there was too much resting time for... See, Usyk in the first fight, every time he got in close, he, he was able to throw shots, get out. Nobody... He never, he, never had to, he never had to worry about nothing coming at him. You know, every time... Everything Joshua was doing was it was in mid-quarter range. Every time Usyk was coming in, Joshua was trying to catch him at that mid-quarter range. And if Usyk slipped him, he was on the inside and you could just tuck him in head or body. He had an open... That's got to change for this fight. Because that's how oh, you fight. Oh, when you say it's got to change, yeah, what exactly would would would, would um, Anthony Joshua have to do to alleviate that southpaw stance of Usyk? Because if you watch the first fight, I've watched the first fight, and like Tony was saying, like the first fight was kind of close. And I was saying, oh, I was ringside at that fight, right? Mm-hmm. And going back and watching the fight, like watching, being ringside there, I'm like, I say, right, you're losing this fight, bro. Coming home and watching it recently, like two days ago, Andy Joshua hurt Usyk many times in that fight, you know? Mm. When I was there, I didn't realize that he hurt him like that. He hurt him quite a few times, especially when he went downstairs to the body. Like, certain times he go downstairs to the body. But I think the problem in, in the first fight was that Andy Joshua was trying to outthink a man that was a greater thinker than he. What's your, what's your take on that, Woodley? Yeah, I agree. I kind of touched on it uh, uh, a little earlier with, with the bo- his yeah. box line. He, he definitely got hurt. But if, imagine if he just stepped up, if he just, if the game plan was a little bit more coordinated. So, like I said, he was beating him up at, in the third quarter range. But when they was up close, Yusuf wasn't getting no punishment. So you imagine if what you saw was 100% correct. Imagine if he was doing what he was supposed to do on the inside, putting weight on him, hitting him low, Hitting him in the body, hitting him on like there was no uppercut. Joshua's got a great uppercut. I still <laughs> the uppercut that he put down um, Dylan White. Yes, right. He got a beautiful uppercut comeback with the left hook. Usyk's not going to be able to take that kind of punishment on the inside. He just but, got but, but, but I know I hear that, but isn't that isn't being able to throw those shots mm. a lot to do with the IQ of the opposition? Yeah, yeah, at the second very good question, Todd. Yeah, partly. I mean, like, you know, Dylan White, Dylan White, as as everybody's been able to capitalize on with those uppercuts, they're all saying, Oh, he's open for those uppercuts. But you see, he if you're a southpaw, no matter what fighter you are, no matter what fighter, you're southpaw or orthodox, right? If Joshua's doing what he's supposed to do. There, there's lots of openings on the body. Start with the body and then move up to the head. If the upper yeah, but Audley, what you're saying is if, he, if, Joshua, if Joshua does what he's supposed to do, what is he meant to do, Audley? Because, like, I want people to realise this year. I've been in this game a long, hot minute, long, 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 long time. Yeah. Like, no, 
I'll speak to guys. Nobody can't really break down this thing like Audley Harrison, you know. Audley really studies this thing. You know what I mean? I'm going to keep myself out of it because, you know what I mean? We know self-praise is no recommendation, but it's recommendation. I'll keep myself out of it for now. But what would he have to do to make the difference to secure victory? Yeah, he has to incorporate a jab in this fight. His jab, like, like he had a kind of like finding jab, right? It's like find my way jab. There was no confidence behind that jab. Right. It's like a finding jab. And... One of the things you've got to have as a heavyweight, or make your life easier if you want to dominate as a heavyweight, is you've got to have a, like a check jab. You've got to have, a, especially when you're fighting a southpaw. So, one of the things you've got to do, I believe, in this fight, he's got to have a jab, he's got to have the faint jab, and he's got to be able to step around. And if he could just like soften his jab up a bit, like, like work, if they've worked on that jab, know that the jab is the key. He's just fighting a southpaw. And if he's just stepping around, pat, pat, pat. You think he's not going to see the right hand? He's got a master right hand. Everyone knows he's got a decent right hand. And see, Joshua could never land that right hand clean. He landed few of them, but he was always struggling trying to find it. If he would just add the jab, add a little feint, and you might say, well, how's Joshua going to learn a feint right now? But he can. It's just like how to step across. Just understand ring control. Like there's a way that you move around the ring. Like, like control the ring. It's like control the tempo of the fight. And you can only control the tempo of the fight by how? Either fainting or you're tying the opponent up, you're leaning on the opponent. You can't just do it from boxing. You've got to either tie the opponent up or you've got to be fainting. You've got to bite. You've got to be able to stop the opponent from walking forward. Now, you can do it. Hey, go punch him, him. Just try and knock him out. It's not as simple as that. That's why you got to fake. When you were just talking about the jab from the outside, I just thought about a fight that came into my head was the Riddick Bowl Holyfield fight. Yeah. And the way Riddick Bowl, um, the way Holyfield would use the jab to get inside and rock with a big man. Right. November 1992, the first fight you're talking about. The first fight. Yeah. The first fight. And even the second fight to some degree. Yeah. I mean, all the other fights were great fights. Beautiful. But yeah. Holyfield was an aggressive fighter. I love the way Holyfield fight. And I thought yeah. Anthony Joshua should have watched some of them tapes there because this... In my opinion, I've heard Audley's, I've heard Spencer's breakdown, but to me, we are all sounding way too technical for this fight. This fight, as I said, from day one, from the before the from the lead up to the first fight, I said it's a roadman fight. This is back to East London, North London, West, South, just on the block, fam. Because I'm saying, as technical and brilliant as our minds are in breaking down boxing strategies, you can't outthink this, brother. <laughs> yeah, but you I, I want to... brother. It's I want to right. give you a devil's advocate, though. But let me give you a devil's advocate to what you just said, which is perfect. God, God's, God's advocate when I work on a devil in your soul. <laughs> No, no, but let me just keep... Yeah, yeah, real talk. Yeah. Real talk, real talk, real talk. <laughs> no, go, 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 go on, To what you just said. Because uh, using Holyfield is a good example. Very technical, but he's fighting like a roadmap. Yes. yes. Very saying? true. Yes. Very he's, true. He's, he's fighting like a roadmap because he's getting in there. Riddick Bowles is a great example. He pop, he popped back out of range. Yes. Up on his feet. Yes. Pat, 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 go back into range. Mm-hmm. Go to war. Pop back out. Yep. Turn around, pop back, always got that bounce. Yes. And that bounce allowed him to buy time, allowed him to roll under shots, 
allowed him to go forward, go back. So that's what I'm saying. He kind of has a little bounce, but it's just not organized. It's like Evander Holyfield, everything he done made sense. Yes, absolutely. Lennox was beating him. Lennox would push him on and made it hard. But he yes. always found he could have that bounce. That bounce is his way he came out, came back out, and he'd go back in again. Moving around, double jab, then he'd go to war. And then time you came into Holyfield, you know you were taking something. So every time Usyk comes in, he's supposed to get checked every time he come in. He's going yes. to coming in. Yes. A special fighter to keep getting beaten up. And then and you're not and a man's throwing shots and you you gotta change your, your game plan. Mm. He had it his own way. Yeah, he took some punishment and he, he was getting hurt in the fight, but he basically had it his own way. Yes. Or Joshua, Joshua has to like you say, exactly what you said about roadman. He's gotta come with that roadman mentality, like I've just yes. Yes. mindset. But we also gotta give him the tools, and that's why I'm hoping Garcia is giving him the tools. That he can bring it the whole thing together. Yes. Because only, do you think science, do you think the desire? Sorry, Tony. Go on, go on. Roadman science, to before we bring in the knowledge. Mm. When I say this, I, I, I you just beautifully broke down what I mean by roadman science. I'm not telling him to just go on like he's in Peckham frontline, just swinging. I'm saying there has to be strategic thought to the aggression, mm-hmm. but he has to stay on top of him. And I'm that was a wonderful uh, um, exegesis of how you our roadman's how it's supposed to work. But there's got to be thought to it, but it has to be an aggressive, aggressive manner because I just feel that all the technical stuff, I mean, even you're talking about Robert Garcia, who am I to call Robert Garcia not the right man for the job? I mean, I'm, I can't say that, but Bob Arum, Bob Arum is, and Bob Arum said what I said, who as what heavyweight has he trained? Mm-hmm. He ain't trained no heavyweight. He ain't trained no heavyweight. Is this more of a language barrier thing for Angel Fernandez? Because them man they speak the same tongue. So maybe Fernandez feels comfortable having someone that he can speak the language to more than what how it benefits uh, Anthony Joshua. Because I'm only worried about Anthony Joshua. I'm. I'm saying, maybe, I don't know, I heard Ronnie Shields didn't really uh, give a good example of himself when he came um, to England to to work with um, uh, AJ, but that's there. And you know what, I, I just, I mean, maybe I'm just talking, I, I just want the best for the guy, and I I, I, I just love the way you you broke down the roadman, Sam. Spence, go ahead. We seem, we seem like on many a, a rematch, Andy Joshua, because this fight has now been announced for the the Ring Magazine World Heavyweight Championship as well, since Tyson Fury has uh, retired from boxing. Can I just say, say, they've now announced that he has to August the 26th to make up his mind. So how convenient that is. (laughs) So so basically, AJ wins the fight. Bro, we ain't retired nothing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, um, anyway, but the ring, the ring magazine, ring magazine belt, the ring magazine belt is also being it's up for that title as well. So the winner of that fight gets a ring magazine belt. Um, when we look at the histrionics of the sport, and we've seen like in rematch, what AJ's trying to do, right? Mm-hmm. What he's what he's trying to do is to do something that Ali done properly, and what. Uh, also Lennox Lewis did, but Lennox Lewis 
didn't win the title the first time he got given the WBC crown when we know that famously Riddick Bowe threw the WBC crown in, in, in the bin and then he was elected as the world heavyweight champion. Similarly to what happened in 1978 when the WBC gave the crown to Ken Norton and then Ken Norton defended it against Larry Holmes. Larry Holmes beats him. What Andy Joshua's trying to do is to become the third man in history to win a world title in the heavyweight division three times. Do you think that's going to be pressurizing on Anthony Joshua thinking that, right, what I'm doing? Because we see Eddie Hearn and remember, is is only bus Eddie Hearn, you know? I want people to realize that. Don't get twisted on that one. Uli was the one that brought Eddie Hearn into Sky and showed him how pay-per-view worked, right? Uli don't want to talk about it, but I'll talk about it because I'm very proud of what my brother done. You know what I mean? In fact, Eddie Hearn should be cutting you a check each month. But anyway, that's another story for another day. Right? But I'm saying... Do you think there's going to be pressure on Anthony Joshua looking at the magnitude of this fight? Allegedly, he's getting £35 million for this fight and Usyk's getting the same. Do you think there's going to be a weight of pressure on Anthony Joshua's shoulders which will make him kind of come in very, very stiff and not relax, allowed Frank Bruno on many occasions because of the weight was on, the weight of the world seemed like it was on his shoulders? Do you think that's going to be the case for, for Anthony Joshua? Just like from what I I saw a post from somebody the other day, uh, it was a, it was some podcast the other day, and I can't remember the podcast. It was like CEO of a diary, um, CEO CEO um, of uh, diary of a CEO, uh, okay. so a British brother Stephen Bartley or something. I saw a podcast, and somebody wrote in the comments, "Get Anthony Joshua on here. He never exposes what his inner feelings are, right?" Mm-hmm. And, and so I think they've done a good... I remember meeting Joshua's team after the Olympics, after he won the gold. And they were, like, everyone was protecting him. And you know, we got to protect him, we got to protect him. So they've kept him in that cocoon. Like me, I want, I have my own boss. So I wanted to be exposed. I got exposed to everything, which could have worked out to my detriment. Everything that happened came true broadly. You get me? With Joshua, it seemed like everything that happened, they keep it away from him. He's not involved. They keep the drama away from him. They keep a lot of the business away from him. Even though he's involved, a lot of the stuff seems to miss him. But he can just, you know, some people need that. He can just focus on the boxing. And it seemed like that's working, worked for him and working for him. So he, I think he's cut out from all of that. Like even knowing that the significance that you're fighting for the champion the third time, I think that significance is lost on him a little bit. Because I think they've, they've done a good job which is of protecting him and allowing him to avoid the drama. You know what I mean? I think I think that's the, that's my assumption. It's not fact, but I think he's like he's just in there, you know, focusing on the boxing and 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 cutting out the rest of the world right now, which is the right thing to do for what, what's on the table. I just hope he's he's in there and they are like <laughs> like they are just in there, just like you're in the mountain top even though you didn't go to the mountaintops. Like, Lennox used to go big beer. I used to go big beer. Like, go away from it all. And you just have a beautiful time in camp where all it's about is revenge. Like, that Danny Williams fight, all I could think, I think I had a poster of Danny all I could think about was the payback. Get what I'm saying? Like, I eat, sleep. He should be eating, sleeping, you sick. You get me? So when you walk out there, you've, you've covered everything in your mind. That's what I said. Like, even though Wilder lost, you know, big up Fury, he's fighting a fighting man. I know 
from, and I spoke to them before they left, just like I'd reached out to them because I'd known him from camp before we boxed. And, you know, I would feel love for Fury. I just wanted Deontay to do himself justice. You know, I wanted, because it was such great fights. And he went out and did himself justice. He, he win, lose, or draw, he walked because he lost that respect in it. And he went back there, he lost, but he got back that respect in it. The way he fought in that third fight, but that's the way they prepared. And he prepared to like, he's gonna have to go through me. He's gonna have to do what, he's gonna have to knock me the hell out. Yes. Keep me in this yeah, but do you think, do you think Andy Josh is gonna have that mindset? But this is what I started to think of. He has to, he, that's where he needs to go to. I believe so. About the dollar, I need to go, if I'm going hospital here, don't dare you stop this fight. You get me? Whatever it takes, I'm going in there to win. And if I get carried out on a stretcher, I get carried out on a stretcher. That's what's on the line here. It's not about the money. It's not about else. It's just about man to man. I want payback. And if he went there, AJ is coming with that. AJ is coming. With that. If he went there mentally, which I believe, I'm, I'm hoping and believing that he does, he's used uh, in for a surprise. Use yes. in for a tough night. I think AJ. I think AJ is gonna garner all the spirit and just let it go. Cause that's and if them man there, Garcia and Fernandez ain't telling him that, this is what I'm trying to say. He, he needs that because he can be an individual and he can be, you know, he can be that sole character that motivates, that inspires themselves. But this is energy we're dealing with, and I feel that. Um, I mean, even listening to this show can give AJ the yeah. spirit because we're, we're all here supporting him and we all want, you know, I, I just hope that he listens to this show because it's you're right, Oli. He but needs to right. listen. It's they listen. But, it's, but when I say to you, that it's like, let me give you another analogy now. I was in the Olympics. I used the Olympics because it was such a peak performance of, of my career in terms of performance like perfection. When I was in the in my in my dorm, but I know I'm winning the goal. I'm there for the goal and I know I'm winning the goal. Nothing's gonna stop me. But like when the first gold medalist won, I think it was Jason Queeley on the bike, when I heard the anthem, I had a vicarious experience from that. That lifted me. I already know I'm doing it, but that yes. helped give me more juice. When Denise Lewis won her gold I, and I'm listening on the podium watching him. The energy is just rolling through. You, you can't even stop. You want to feel the energy in me. Mm. I had this all the way through. Like, like I said, walking out with Danny, we did walk out, and I thought, Rochelle, this year. That energy is in me because I've got the vibes of people's, whatever it, I've got. But for me, it's already there. And yes. this is amplifying that voice. This is amplifying. Yes. So yes. Joshua comes in and listens to this show. If Joshua hears me, if he, wherever he, it should just amplify. It should yes. It just makes him a bit, it's all already inside. And you're yes. calm, you're content, you know what you're going to do, your team's working for you. And then you hear, like you say you heard this show, it's just reinforcing what you already know you need to do. Because yes. if you're at this stage right now and you don't, and you're still not sure what you need to do, we know he's in trouble, isn't it? Yes, you already know 100% we've got this. And when you hear us touching on these things, he'd be like, blood fire, yeah. You know what mm. I mean? Because he, like, he already know. We, we're, ten, we're all on the outside. And because I've had the fortune of being in there at the highest stage and fighting in these fights, I've just been blessed. Like, you know, when we touch on Conor Ben and 
well, we'll touch on Connor. We'll touch on uh, Ben. And we will, we'll touch on that in a bit. We just want to... So, in closing on this AJ thing, right? What's your thoughts of the fight? Like, we're seeing, like, Saudi Arabia being boosted for professional boxing now, right? Uh, especially for the big fights. And they, they're going big for, like, with the sports ministry, um, a skills challenge, Prince Khalid. They're, they're pushing this agenda hard out there. Like... Do you think like that could be like a, a main capital hub for sport like Saudi Arabia? Well, the thing is, they've got the money to do it. They've got they've got mm-hmm. all, they've got the money. Yeah. Money not a problem, and people talk money. Money make people do things, isn't it? So, so it's a it's a kind of disadvantage for AJ not to have a British full British arena screaming his name. That kind of excitement that you get going away to Saudi Arabia. I know they've got, like, it's difficult to, I hear it's difficult to get into the country. It's not as easy. You no, know, you have to get a visa and stuff. It's not like 10,000 Brits can easily go, like, going to Vegas. It's a little bit more challenging. But they've got the infrastructure. They've got the sense. They've got the money. They've got everything they can to, to do what they like, to turn whatever they want into gold, isn't it, really? Because they have the, they've got the money. They've got the finances and money talk. And, you know, you talk to a, a promoter about, hey, look, We'll give you a guarantee. You know, being a promoter is not as easy as people think. I've been a promoter. But you've got you've got to balance the books always. Having that Saudi Arabia money allows you not to worry about balancing the books, so you can be a bit or you can be a bit more loose. You know, and so they've obviously. <clears throat> I can only imagine that it finances the financial value of come to Saudi Arabia is what's brought them there. I can't see that anything else but that because coming to Wembley Arena is, is a big draw isn't it having an- it is a big draw but we're thinking about it before Usyk went into the Lions then and the last time when they fought when they fought last year because Usyk was in front of 68,000 people Usyk walked in with a visor on 68,000 people there must have been about 200 Ukrainians inside there right and Usyk totally his, his, his mental focus Mm-hmm. His cerebralness is very, very powerful because he blocked all of that out, walked to the ring and said, come, let's go have this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And 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 that's that's powerful. So when you're saying, well, you know what, it would help Joshua if he had the British fans. In the, he had the British fans there last time. It didn't help him. Yeah, it didn't I help mean, him. Maybe, maybe it could be a bit easier for Joshua now. He's saying, right, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here in front of, like, there's going to be fans there anyway because they built up a new stadium uh, and everything else. So, you know what I mean? What's that? Skills Challenge Entertainment. We've got to big them up. They've got this new stadium. Joshua could be feeling more at ease to think, right, well, I haven't got the British fans there and I'm going to actually do this for me. Yeah. I'm going to do this for me. And I hope he takes that mindset. Yeah, yeah. fair point. Fair point. It could take before, before we go on, got to big up the Snapchat. Thank you, Granule Sacks, for the £10. He says, AJ needs to go in the ring and say to himself, this guy is disrespecting me just by stepping in the ring. <laughs> Deal with him, warrior style. Punch man in the head. <laughs> All tight. Granule Sacks, thank you for your contribution to the show as well, my man. Thanks a lot. Um, before you go, Ord, someone said some, some nice words about you. Let me just get that up there. Before you go on, it was from I think Matt Matt something Matt Collier. I saw it. Yeah, Matt Colliford. He said, "Only I watch you box in Darling Harbour, Sydney Olympics, and Evander Holyfield was sitting at ringside 
Good times, brother. <laughs> yes, sir. The man they remember you, odds. They remember the good times. In fact, they came and picked me up and they picked up Hollyfield. We went in an open top car, me and Hollyfield together, and we drove around Sydney. Come in, in the car. Everybody say, Hollyfield. He's like, that's going to be you next. You get me, we're riding together. <laughs> I've had some amazing like experiences, like just from going through this journey. You know, God that, bless you, man. That's God bless you. Yeah. All right, only to speed up things now because we've got a massive fight October the 9th. Hey, you keep on saying the 9th, bro. Oh, I keep on saying it. Sorry. <laughs> it's going to be 30 years to the day. Right, of their two fathers. That was on a rematch, which they had at Old Trafford, yes. and they had 40,000 people there then, right? Um, and that was for the unified. Super middleweight title, the WBC and the WBO title, WBO being held by Chris Eubank Sr. and the WBC held by Nigel Ben. Now we flip the page and we have their two sons fighting. It's a big fight, Audley. It's a juicy fight. It's a juicy fight simply for the histrionics. You know I mean? We're around the same age group, so you remember that first time when they fought, which was November 18th on a Sunday. They got just under 20 million viewers on ITV. And remember, um, eight weeks prior to that, Nigel Ben uttered the famous words that I really do hate him. Remember that? <laughs> right? On midweek sports special. I see some guy doing some promo for it saying, oh, oh yeah, you was on Newsnight. No, they weren't on Newsnight. Newsnight BBC. They were fighting on ITV, bro. Right? There's too much honey come ups in this game, you know? And they're talking nonsense. And I know if all you heard that interview, they pulled them up the same way because I know all you likes to study up this thing. Right. <laughs> Tell our viewers and our fans how big the two dads were and what a great fight we could get out of these two. And how do you see this fight going on? So, you know, Nigel and Chris Eubanks, you know, the, the fathers, like, the, the fight, the rivalry, the anticipation, what they delivered as a fight. I mean, just the two characters, the, uh, you know, Christopher Livingston Eubanks, it was just a character in himself. And Nigel Ben was just no nonsense. You know, and Nigel Ben was just like, look, I'm for the people and F you, but Eubanks had, they had, they both like polarized the nation, like the whole nation, these are super middleweight, the whole nation basically tuned into this fight. This mm -hmm. was, this fight captured the imagination. And both, like, great matchups. Like, one, Ben was just trying to take a head off at any, uh, any opportunity. And you, but sim the sons are very similar. Like, Ben had a great chin. I, I mean, you guys had a great chin. You, you could hit him with a kitchen sink. You weren't putting that brother down. You get me? I think one time, I, I think somebody dropped you back. But you weren't putting that guy down. Maybe was it, maybe was it, um, Watson through exhaustion in that fight. I can't remember. Did he touch down one yes. time? It was yeah, Watson, September 21st. Um, Touchdowns one time. Yeah. You know, Ben had been down a few times, but you didn't worry about that. 1991 in their rematch. Yeah. And that was at Spurs, on the Spurs yeah. ground. But ben, if Ben go down, he's coming back up, and he's coming back up with fire. So the, the thing about the Suns now, when you talk about, like, when you talk about fights that capture the, the imagination and what ends up being great fights. So yeah, those were great fights. And I was going to mention it to you guys earlier. I was just thinking up about 
parents, like kids, like the, the, the kids who were kind of following their parents and what's, what's been great fights that I can look back on. And I went back to Leila Ali and Jackie Frazier in mm. 2001. I was there. It was, it was at the Hall of Fame in uh, Tanstonona, New York. And they set this match up. People was like, oh, this is going to be some joking. Leila Ali was like, like her father. And Jackie Frazier was like her dad. And when you say, when, you, when I say that these two were fighting like cats and dogs, I think it's fight when uh, Leila won the fight. But when I say they were fighting like their parents, and the reason why I'm mentioning that, because Leila was, I mean, Jackie was throwing body shots. Leila was like doing like how her father fought. And it was incredible to watch it. And the crowd were going mad. The reason why I'm mentioning that, because just from looking at that press conference, I see, you know, Christopher standing there suave, you know, Chris Judas standing there suave, and, and Nigel looking at, and uh, Connor looking at his face, no fear. You get me? Looking up at him, no fear. So I already see reminiscence of the appearance. And we're going to get that in this fight. You get what I'm saying? Because... <coughs> The weight, you've got a weight advantage, yeah, you've got a height advantage, yeah. You've got a weight advantage, you've got a height advantage. Are you ready? I just looking in Connor's eye, he don't business. That's that's not he's taking the fight. Yeah, Spencer, look, stop yelling on the thing, man. What's the matter with you? He's like, I need to get this food. You tell him, you tell him to I'm not gonna tell him, I'm just watching like, no, he's just yelling on the thing. I will eat on the show. But but um but Connor Ben, Connor Ben's got like he's got um, a reach advantage, he's got a weight advantage, but he's taking a fight thinking he can win. Just look in his eye. He's like, you think guy think he can just walk through me? He said, what, you think you're just going to walk through me? You ain't walking through me. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 uh, Junior is like, I'm walking through you. You get me? So it's going to be an interesting match. Uh, me personally, I can't really see the similarities. Um... From the from the father's fight to this fight, because both fathers were world champions. Mm-hmm. Neither of these guys have fought for a world title. Long and time. One, I know, I know Eubanks has got the IBO or something like that, but brother, you buy that belt down Peckham. <laughs> you buy that belt down Peckham. But it's still a legitimate world title. But I feel that this just different stages in their career. And I'm not sure if Connor really has been on that big, you know, Eubanks has got the Groves yeah. and the Billy Joe Saunders fights under his belts. Yeah, he, he campaigned in America. He's been in the gym in America. You know, I was there in, in Floyd's gym. He was busting up people in Floyd's gym. Eubanks Junior was bracking up man in Floyd's gym. Bigger guys. From when I was still boxing, I see him in the gym. When yeah. I was boxing, he's in the gym with me in Vegas. Yeah, bucking buck up, guys. So oh, yeah. I'm not too sure. You know, there's been talk about the, the rehydration clause and, and what have you. But I don't know. I, something tells me that this fight is a money fight. Yeah, it's a money fight. Strictly. Yeah, um, yeah. Do the people fight. that really that really handle Connor really, really think that he can beat you back, Streeter? Because... There's a lot of skills involved in this thing here. And I believe Eubanks Jr. has a lot of skill. Yeah, I've yeah. said this to Spence for a long time. Mm-hmm. But, but what I want to say is this. Look, you've just knocked it exactly on the head what it is. It's like 
somebody said to me not too long ago about opportunities. Right? Opportunities come, right? And they, they come past you. You either grab it or you don't. And once it's gone, it's gone. Yes. Right? Chris, uh, Eubank Jr. not he's coming like finding a big fight right now is like a little difficult, isn't it? And you've got Connor Ben who just won a good fight, just had a good performance, didn't he? Yeah, uh, against uh, who did he fight? Um, yeah, Algeria. No, he beat um, Algeria, then he had another he Algeri, fight. And then he fought, um, he fought last. I remember that. He put him to school. And and the thing is now taking opportunities, understanding. You know Eddie Hearn, he's a he's a he's a businessman first and foremost. He's a he's a promoter, but he's a businessman. So they're looking at this thing and they're saying, look, latch onto your father's legacy. Let's make this fight right now because this is probably to get titles is not going to be needed because of your father's legacy. And when you look at what's going on with all the YouTubers doing it, every all these YouTubers in there making money. It's about getting your check. And I think this fight is about getting your check. But on top of that, I think it's going to be a good fight. I think there's enough juice in there and there's enough history in there with the legacy in it that makes it going to be a... It's going to sell. It's like, if it's not going to sell, it don't make sense doing it. So I do. it's, going to, it's going to sell. It's going to sell ridiculously. Right. And and that's what it's... At the end of the go, it's, it's securing your legacy and it's also securing your finances. If the YouTubers are coming and showing you the way. Like... They're showing them the way, like, and I was about that. I was about, look, I'm going to make hype because hype brings me money. That brings yes. me through my door. Like, oh, yeah, let's do boxing the authentic way, and this is all ruining boxing. No, it's not. It's putting more eyes on boxing. Yes. People, it's getting the fighters paid. It's yes. about making dollars. Like, what the hell are you doing this for? You're doing exactly. this your career. Come on, man, wake up. This is a great opportunity to maximize the revenue for both fighters. It's like a no-brainer. Yes, sir. If you get a great fight out of it. If you get a great matchup out of it, and, you, and all the histrionics and all the drama, you know the the YouTubers like you got to maximize your revenue, bro. Sorry, to- sorry, only. Or um, Spencer, can you tell the missus to stop cracking up the, the knife and forks them in the background? Or- <laughs> It's like she's preparing the Sunday dinner, mate. Bro, what's yeah, going bro. on? Bro, I'm so thing. You're eating on the thing. The missus is juggling up the knife and forks in the background and the cutlery. Bro, we need some some order in this. <laughs> He's coming right. Anyway, Miss Ringside. Bro, I don't, I don't want your missus to come wrap me up when she sees me next. But anyway, Miss Ringside, thank you for the $17.99. Hi, guys. I understand the Ring magazine is on the line next Saturday. But if Fury claims to retire, does he vacate the WBC? I really want AJ to win. But Usyk looks big. Looking forward to Ben Eubanks. Big up you guys. Yeah, I know you came a little bit late, Mr. Ringside. We touched on the, the fury and we did actually touch on that point. And the fact that the WBC have given him now to August the 26th to make up his mind whether he really wants to retire and not keep telling us he's retired and then not retire. Um, so, yeah. And we are now, as you can hear, talking about the Ben Eubanks. So let's carry on with the Ben Eubanks. I was saying, oh, one of the brothers that messaged me, i got to read out the message because I was cracking up. Jermaine Williams, a regular on the show. Come on. He says, Eubanks looks like a suitcase and Connor Ben looks like a gangmanger. <laughs> yeah, he did that as well. But I said you should call it right. It looked like he's Mexican the way he's got all them tattoos on it. 
I thought he's one of the essays. You know what I mean? But you know what? On the realness, on the realness, the fight. One thing I know about Conor Ben, he's coming to swing. If Chris Eubanks, a question here for um Audley, if Chris Eubanks were to lose this fight, Pui. where he said in the press conference, what does the future hold for Eubanks Jr. and the same for the young man Conor Ben? Uh, well, Conor Ben, he's, he, he, I think it's easier. He's not because Conor Ben is is what is he seventeen and old? What's who? No, Conor Ben's twenty-one wins, fourteen KOs. So, yes. you know, if he drops, if he falls, or he loses, he, it's easy for him to just have a little rest and come back. Yes. You know? So, because he's on the way up. But like you said, Chris Eubanks Jr. has been around a little bit more. He's had those losses. He had two losses, didn't he? Um, yeah, he's yeah, uh, yeah, three wins. I think he lost to Saunders, Billy Joy Saunders, and then he lost to Groves as well. Yes, yeah. correct. Yeah. So he's had he's only had the two losses, so he's he's still quite fresh. Yes. Uh, but in terms of like positioning and leverage, if, if Connor if Connor was to lose, Connor just comes back and he just comes back as normal in his own weight division, no problem. If 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 Eubanks gets a loss, um, then it, yeah, it's a little bit tougher for him for, for in terms of leverage and positioning. But again. I just think this is one of those fights where people are just taking advantage of it, which they're doing the right thing to. And I think they both carry on with their careers after. The, 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 the likelihood of this fight is something tells me it's going to go the distance. Right? Yeah. I'm not sure who's going to win right now. It's going to go the distance. And then they're going to have a rematch. Because I, I just think Connor, one thing about I think Connor Ben in, in his mindset is going to be if I lose this fight, I'm losing on my feet. I'm not, he ain't taking me out. He, I don't care what's happening. He's going to yeah. get it. And I'm going to win this fight. But if I don't win this fight, I'm on my feet, you know. And I think in 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 Eubanks' mind, he's like he's never knocking me out. So I see it potentially going the distance, you know. And it being close enough, it being close enough that they say, "Hey, look, we made nice little money. Let's do it again." You know I know I know Connor routinely spars with bigger guys as well. Yeah. You know, he's got uh, John Ryder in the gym. He's also got he the middleweight. He was a light heavyweight. Uh, Cash, uh, what's his name? Is it Felix Cash? Felix Cash. These yeah. are big guys, and yeah. I'd be interested to hear how these big guys what their what their take on a fight is. But one thing, I mean, listen, we've all known well, we've known Connor since he come came over and based himself over here, and he's a man with a lot of heart, will, and desire, and he's going to be up for this fight, Spence. He's definitely, definitely going to be up for this fight. He's gonna to have to be up for this fight because, you know, if you watched if you watched um, the press conference, I don't know if you watched it, Audrey, but if yeah. you watched the, you watched it, yeah, if you watched the press conference and like, Ubat was kind of playing it down, saying, "Look, I've got to get down to this way. I've got to do da, 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 and all the rest of it." And uh, Connor was like, "Yeah, look, 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 yeah, you're making excuses already. Look at this. <laughs> you're making excuses already." Ben, sorry, what weight is it being agreed at? One fifty-seven. Huh? 157. Now, okay. I've also got to go by Eubank in his last fight against Liam Williams, right? The Welsh kid who <laughs> boxed Boom Boom Andre for the for the world title, right? He looked drained at the Wayne. And like, I'm going by people who were there at the Wayne. They say, like, Eubank looked drained getting down to 160. You know what I mean? Oh. Then he could rehydrate and everything else. He looked drained there. 
Now your answer is coming three pounds lighter than that, right? Now obviously, now you're getting you're getting millions and millions of pounds for this fight. You're not getting a little whatever. You you're getting millions of pounds for this fight. Him getting down to the weight. This is what I believe, right? And I'm not even putting my mouth on it, but I just believe this is going to happen. That Eubank um, makes the weight, but doesn't stay in with the rehydration clause. Because they're going to have a rehydration clause that you can't go for a certain weight. And I think he's going to come in over that weight and pay the fine. Because what they're not going to do is take away the fight not happening. Because it's going to be too big. And there's too much money involved. Right. And I think he's going to do what... Remember, remember like... Um, Corrales Castillo, you know what I mean? Exactly. Right. I said, listen, I'm on this weight thing. I'm coming in. I'm coming in. At. And mm. that's what I believe is going to happen. He's going to pay the fine. Mm. And if he does that, as we saw with uh, Jake Paul, Hassi Rahman Jr., Jake Paul said, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. You're not, if you're not going to cut the weight, I'm pulling the fight. But yeah. this fight is a different kettle of fish now. They can't pull the fight. It's too big. If you, So they're just going to pay the fine. They'll pay the yeah. fine. I've, listen, I um, think... Okay. He's gonna make the weight, but then he's got a rehydration clause, and then like you know they do the weighing again. Well, all he never knew had to do that because he was fortunate enough to be a heavyweight, and then you got to be a certain weight by a set time yes, on the right. next day, like ten pounds over or whatever not. And I think yeah. you like he's gonna come in over the weight. That's what I believe. Yeah, yeah. I think Connor's expecting that, and they're already preparing for that. They're not gonna pull out, and if we have to go through a heavier guy. We're going to go through a heavier guy. Just one thing on, on the... Uh, I just pulled up their knockout percentages. I had it there from before. Yeah, and Eubank's knockout percentage with his record, he's got like a 72% knockout uh, percentage. And then Connor, Connor Ben is 66%, right? So what that means is, like, you, you look at something like Tyson, he's like 90%, yeah? So neither of them are out and out. They can take it out. They're not out and out one-punch knockout artists. Yes. So again, this kind of supports my notion that potentially it's going to go the distance because these guys can hurt you, but they're not out and out going to destroy, knock out man one goal. And now you, and you're fighting a decent fighter who's had 12 weeks to prepare. You're not just going to walk through them regardless of the weight. So that's one thing to take into consideration that you've got these guys are good punchers. Similar to how the, the fathers were. I mean, I think Nigel Ben was a bit more explosive than, than Chris, but both of them could take her out with one punch. Like me, I had a 70% knockout ratio. But I mean, I weren't never punching like a Tyson going to take you out one time who had a higher percent knockout ratio. So that's another thing why it's important to think about. If the guys are coming in heavy and, and you know, like Conor Ben could eat what he likes right now. He's going to be just beef up as well. They're both going to be like heavy. It's going to be hard to not eat either one of them out. And, and both of them, they both live the life. When I, every time, I've never seen one of them come into out of shape. They're always yes. So, then then you're going to be in great shape. It's going to be hard to knock him out one punch. It's going to go to this. What do you make of Eubank? First of all, thank you, Thomas New, for the two pounds. Thank you. Eubank plays poker. Yeah, he does. Thank you. Rehydrate heavy. Okay. Okay. Um, what do you make of the comment Eubank said that he's not even training for this fight? <laughs> he's like, fam, I don't even need to train hard for this fight here. I'm coming in maybe 60%. And, but guess what? My 60% is good enough to brock you up. Touch on that and why you feel Eubanks feels he can take Connor so lightly to the point where he's saying, I'm not putting myself through no hard training camp. 
bringing in tough sparring partners. That's what you need to be. That if that's a mind games thing, it, yeah. it worked on me because I found that I found that hilarious. <laughs> I mean, you know, you said it. I had um, Chris Eubank Jr. in Vegas with me when I was active, 10, 12 years ago. In fact, his dad sent him over there even from way back in the amateurs. He was there. In yes. Barry, he was there. When I used to go back, I'd see him there. I'm like, right, you, you young? he's young. So I'm a dad sitting out here to, to get tough. So he's been in that tough environment. And I know Connor was all, uh, over in Australia, wherever he was. But uh, Eubank Jr. has been in that tough environment just like his dad wanted to go in that tough environment it was in New York. So trust me, he's, and, he, and he's had, he's been around the Mayweathers. He's had that upbringing, yeah? So that, that swag, he yes. has that swag. So yes. I'm not surprised that he'll say that because it's all part of the, the swag. So I'm not even going to yeah. trade for Joker. He don't have my experience. Look at my, I've been 32 fights. I've been around the gyms. Come on, this guy's coming up for world weight. Come on, I don't even have to, this is like just a great little payday for me. <laughs> In his mind, he's going to think, okay, I'm not going to knock him out, but I can box him out, box him. Anything he do, I can, I can take his punch. And anything he do, I'm going to be able to stay ahead of him. Yeah, he's going to make it close. So I think that's his mentality. And on a bed, he's like, what do I have to lose? You get me? Mm-hmm. We have the legacy of our fathers, but I will fight anybody anyway. And this is, what do I have to lose? Like, if I lose, they're going to say, well, he was heavier than me, he's more experienced than me. I've got nothing to lose. And I get an opportunity to take his chin off just like, like for my dad, you know what I mean? Just for that legacy. It's like, there's no real losers there. I can't see no real losers in this. You yes. know, unless the fight doesn't happen because of weight and he doesn't make the weight. And they- nah, the fight's going to happen regardless. All yeah. the Ronnie's, thank you for your 449. Why do, why do man call him Eubanks? It's not Eubank. Yeah, we know that. And I'm going to tell you why. 1987, the dad when he went out to America and he came back to the UK, he took the S off of their surname because he had two twin brothers, famously um, Peter and Simon. Um, and it was, it was Peter that beat Barry McGuigan, was the first man to beat Barry McGuigan. Um, the two twin brothers, they were Eubanks, spelt with an S. And Eubanks, yeah, Eubanks said, no, I'm cutting it off. I, I like the word Eubank, not Eubanks. So, yeah, we know that. Also, someone in the comments, was it um, Santori? He said the same thing. So I'm glad that you're up on the history. Yeah, I remember. See this boy Spencer Fury, you see this man, not boy, you see this man Spencer Fury. He knowledge. can tell you where your name originated from. <laughs> this guy's got so much knowledge. It's unbelievable. And all you guys out there on the live, you might, you might supposed to be contributing Snapchat weekly for the knowledge you are getting from this this gentleman we know as the master knowledge, Spencer Fero. Thank you for that. There's no way. I would have just told him, bro, I'll, just, I'll, tell, I'll, call, I'll call it, I'll call it. But he's actually giving you the his... Uh, yeah. This evening, histonics. But I had to Google that word because I've never heard that histonics business. All he probably has because he's a highly decorated... <laughs> He's got a degree. All these are very, very clever individual. Right. <laughs> right. So, how do you call? How do you call the fight, Audley? How do you call the fight? How do you see this fight going? So, I think, um, like, I think he's going to go the distance, and I think if he's got the work rate that he's supposed to have, I think um, it's going to be close. Okay. I think, um, I think Eubank maybe just on points. 
Nah, 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 nah. Or I told, I told, it's gonna go the distance. You're gonna win it. I'm told this fight is gonna go. I told you that I'm ninety percent sure this fight goes the distance. All the things I've explained, and then any time goes the distance, you know it could be two points either way. Next thing you know, it's a draw, or they like one judge gives it by two, one fifteen, one set, one thirteen. Next one gives it one fifteen, one thirteen. Next one gives it uh, the other way. Then you have a split decision. You know what I mean, so it's going to be that kind. Of, every go, anytime it goes to distance, and the, and it's you know the old scoring of 10-9, 10-9. If there's no knockdowns, there's going to be no ten eight. So it's going to be a close fight, just based yeah. off how the scoring system's done. Um, Tusev Patel makes a good point. He says Eubank Jr. has been through a lot this past eighteen months, mm. eighteen months, and that's true. And that can also affect the psychology and uh, his mentality going into the fight. You know, we can't pretend that he, you know, that he hasn't been through a lot, losing a brother and stuff like that. And um, again, these are all points and uh, things that can affect the fight going forward. But that's very interesting that you said that, um, Audie. And, and thinking about it, you could be right because, you know, I know in Eubank's last fight, it was kind of like a safety approach fight when really you should have got him out there because... He was dropping Liam Williams with jabs, you know, and I feel that he could have kind of like AJ in the Pulev fight. Me and Spence were saying this fight ain't going three rounds. I think Spence actually said three. I think three I said and he had him over in the third round and dragged it out. And he dragged it out. So maybe that killer instinct has gone much like the father after the Watson fight. People said that he lost that killer instinct because mm. of that fight. And, you know, there are... There are a few interesting points in this fight, and I'm going to take that on board, Oli, that you said that it could go to points. I believe if it goes to points, Conor Ben is winning. If it goes to points, yeah. Conor yeah. Ben is winning that fight. Yeah. Matchroom show. Oh, you know, oh, oh, it's on a Sky platform. It's on a Sky platform or Matchroom? No, 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 it's on the zone. That fight's on the zone. That's going to be, listen, this fight so needed to happen for all these old friend who Oli brought into the real realms of professional boxing. Right, and this is factual. All he was playing poker, along along came Eddie Hearn. They were reasoning. All he said, I'm gonna make a comeback. Boom, boom, boom. So said, so done. All he goes out, he wins up, he wins up the prize fighter, he does fantastically well, and then all of a sudden, you know, I mean, he ends up fighting Michael Sprott, dislocated shoulder, knocks him out with that looping swinging left hand from his southpaw position, knocks out Michael Sprott. Next thing is he's European champion. Then boom, they say, you know what? Yep, he called out some certain man and said that David Hayes is a fair weather friend. And you know what? Because when you needed a leg up, I gave you a leg up. And now in reverse, now you're not helping, man. And the fight was on. And they made a bag of money together on pay-per-view. Eddie Hearn didn't even know how their pay-per-view platform worked. To his credit, I give him because he got in there. Right? But it's Woody Harrison. It's Woody Harrison that brought that man to know as cool as it is. Blood, true story. But look, it happened to me once with the Olympics. You think when they took that four million, they ran? You think they would have put, they, if they had the, what could I say? Like, how could I say it? Like, trying to be diplomatic. Like, I've won your gold medal. Okay, that was for me. I turned pro. The moralistic scruples that you hold. Right. Yeah, but, you know, it's like, you've now got all this money, four mil, you build a Sheffield Institute of Sport, you get all these boxers from Amir Khan to James DeGale, David Price, Tony Jeffries, and, 
And then the, the 2012, where it really kicked in, Joshua, Nicola Adams, the whole, Luke Campbell, the whole thing. You'd think that they would say, you know what? This, none of this could have been possible without Audrey. You get me? Mm-hmm. And they give me the, the, the due respect to like, whatever it is, you get what I'm saying? They don't, they don't, they, they say, don't talk about him, keep him quiet. And they act like, you know, say with the, 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 the pro thing. With, with Eddie Hearn, because David Hayden knew what was going on with the pay-per-view. I'm the only other guy that got to learn about the pay-per-views because I'd done the deal with him for pay-per-view. You know, and then obviously that pay-per-view deal, those structures, those numbers, obviously once I brought Eddie in and showed him what they looked like, he was able to then use that for everybody else. So I'm like, and everyone keep, everyone smiling about my, that's why I walk around how I walk around because I know what I brought to boxing. They're kind of silent and like, you get what I'm trying to say? I'm like the forefather, like the new beginning started with this guy here. You know what I mean? And I have to, and I don't fight for Like, I'm in America, I moved to America, and I've walked away from it all because I knew if I stayed in England, I'd just be bitter in it. You'd just be there bitter, complaining. Why, right? What, they're not recognizing me? They don't. The Sheffield Institute of Sport should be the Audley Harrison Institute of Sport. Mm-hmm. It wasn't for me. You understand? So they try and, like, that's why I just said, you know what, let me just move away. No bitter feelings, all good. Because I know how I came. You know what I mean? I know what I, I brought, but it's, it's all gravy. You get what I'm saying? I see my, my legacy in all of these guys that went on to, to win and, 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 and the, the fact that the, the boxing is in such a good place. Like I, was, like I said, I was there in for the Commonwealth. I was there in England. And you think they would have said, yeah, Audley, come up. You get me? I'm there with my family. Yo, Audley, come up now. Crickets, bro. Cricket because they don't want the heat of right. Then oddly, you, you get what everywhere I go, I'm getting love still. This the Olympics is 20 years ago, bro, and my pro career is long done 22, 22, sir. Right, so we're in 2022. My career ended in I retired officially 2015. My last fight was 2013. I walked down the street, I'm I, I wasn't shaved while I was in England, right? And I got my glasses on, my hat on, man's all man's. No, everyone still recognizes me. Yo, Audley, well, I'll take a picture of blah, blah, blah. Family, kids. Because remember, I, I, I touch kids. And uh, these kids don't know me, but the parents are the, the parents and the, and the daughters and the sons. You know, I'm just laughing, Audley, yeah? I'm just laughing. You've got love for me. They're like, because they know. They know what happened. They know what's up. Big up, Audley. But you know, I'm just laughing at you. Because I remember when you fought David A. Go back to this YouTube thing, yeah? And he was talking about... It's a money thing, yeah. Man in the barbershop, yeah, was saying that when you fought David A. David A must have shout out, now, only now. Wow. No, that's cool. I'm never going to buy anything like that. I'm never going to buy into it like that. So, look, so like I said, like on the real with the David A thing now, now, my career is like I tore my peck again for the second time here with the Michael Scott. You have a historic with Michael Scott. Now, look, put yourself in our position, right? So I'm trying to get back there for a world title. Now, the world title was locked. Beat Daddy Williams the second time. That's 2007. You know, I'm, I'm, everyone's talking about me again. Everything's gravy. I'm back. Yeah. And I lose Michael Sprock. But the thing is, I'm signing a contract with Frank. You guys said I never wanted to work. So I'm now with Frank. And so when I lost to Sprock, it was like, okay, I've lost to Sprock. That's kind of like self-fulfilling prophecies. And then I'm in the wilderness for from 2007 that's my prime year because i've just i'm ready so 2007 was done 2008 i had to go back to frank one lost to that that guy in um 
can't remember the guy, the, the Argentinian guy up in Manchester, right? So I'm, I'm and then I bump into Eddie Hearn in 2009. I'm, so I'm in the wilderness, like can't get back. And then Eddie says, "Hey, come back, do the um, do the do the prize fight. Try I'm like, I got no. I'm playing poker in Vegas. I got no kind of love for this. 2009. I come back 2010, do the prize fighter. I'm like 39, 40 years of age now. You're coming to the end. I turn back the prize fight with the first one. God, but I'm in the wilderness, blood. I'm in the wilderness trying to find my way back. So then me and, me and, me and uh, Eddie get together. I do the prize fight the second time. Okay, look, things started to look good. I, I do, I do, I mean, I lose to Michael. I lose, I done fight, fight the prize fighter. Then I fight Sprock for the European. Tear my peck in the fight. Like, go to my doctor. My doctor said, well, it's your second time because it tore in 2002. He's like, you're done. I'm not gonna be done. Same as the Olympics. They say, "Oh, all your knuckles done. You can't fight in the time." I'm like, I'm fighting. I can't retire right now. I just beat Michael Sport in history on it. So they sold me up again. I get the opportunity to fight for the world title. I even spoke to Lena. I spoke to so many people that would be look. You got six months. Doctor says you need twelve months to get ready. And hey, people are like, "Well, we're not waiting twelve months. You're either ready in six months or we'll be done." So I took the fight. Obviously, it's a great payday. And I'm like, I hope I can get there. But you can't, I, you want to get there, you want to know. Like, my, my confidence walking out to that fight wasn't 100%, no doubt about it. It was like, no, I walked out, believe it. I, I kidded myself, I could. I got myself there mentally, yeah. I can. But like, training was like 70%. You're fighting for a world title, you can't, 70%. I couldn't jab the start of the camp, I couldn't even jab because it was still in rehab. And I had, to work, I had a guy just in camp to push my hand. But I got there mentally, or I thought. But then reality is when I'm standing there, so I, even though I never ever said now, but it's like, because David's like, right, Audi's not jumping on me, because he thought I was going to jump. I was just buying time, like, and my jab wasn't, because my thing was that once I put you on my jab, it's over. And I didn't have a big jab, but I had a, this would just come behind me, you wouldn't even know. But David was like, I could never put him on my jab. I'm trying to, and because my jab wasn't sharp, I'm trying yeah, to put him on my I kept on just having, I'm in the wilderness, but I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, I say I quit, I didn't quit. He knocked me down with 10 punches. I still got up and he hit me with another 10 before the referee stopped me on my feet. I mean, I took 20 punches before I went down. You know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't nothing I can be proud of, definitely not. But I tried to make a best of a bad situation. But again, I took the, I'm like, I can't turn this fight down. You know, the money was too, I can't, and that's the only time I've taken a fight, obviously, and you can see it, because you don't take a fight for money. Like I said, Danny Williams, we matched, it weren't about, I didn't pay me nothing. And that's the mentality you want to go into a fight with. I'm not doing it for them, you get what I'm saying? Like this fight here, yes. I think partly they take, like Eubanks, they take it for the money. It's a great fight, great payday, what's there to lose? For Connor, there's no losses. He's like, what's, what's there to lose? No losses. For, 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 um, for, for Eubanks, I'm going to say, make the guy happy. For you, Bank, OS, um, he has more to lose in this fight if he, if he loses. So I think... Okay, so 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 we want to have some... This is truth time now. We want two answers. No sitting on the fence. None of that. First one. The winner, in your humble opinion... Usyk, Anthony Joshua. My heart, 
The heart says AJ is going to get this right. We'll leave it there. My heart says AJ is going to get this right. I don't want to hear about no head thing. <laughs> Just the heart. We're gonna leave that, I want to leave that in the said, Anthony Joshua is going to get this right. He's going to figure it out with his team. And he's going to he's going to turn it around. And he's going to... For him to win, it's not going to be on points. Knockout. You know, AJ by knockout. Because you know why? One thing I've seen from Usyk is a little overconfidence. I'm starting to see a little overconfidence in his like, personality and the way he's running around. And that could be to his detriment. Like, yes, sir. You know, once you get overconfidence, you start slipping and, and you make a little mistake. So that could be to his advantage. So that's, I'm going... I'm going that AJ is going to clap him with a right hook. Good night, nurse. Head or body. But A-Force... Ollie Harrison is going for Anthony Joshua, possibly by KO, but definitely the win. That's his heart, and we are going, we know the heart is the most powerful thing in the body, so we're going with the heart. Right, second question, Chris Eubanks Jr., young Connor Ben. Who wins? That's what I want to know. I don't want to know why. I just want to know who's winning that fight. Well, again, going with my heart, going with my heart and what you just said about, and going with, with what I know is going to go the distance, and the fact that it's a Eddie Hearn show, so officially he may look like he may nib it, but they're going to give it to Conor Ben on board. Wow. Very distant. The fight, one hundred percent, ninety, never saying percent, ninety nine percent. I'm saying it's going the distance, and a lot of people may think uh, Eubank did enough to win, but they're going to give it to Ben on point. Come on, Rob, I'm I'm rolling with you today this evening, um, Ord. So we're going for AJ KO, and we're going Connor Ben via twelve round points decision at the O2 Arena. Only it has been an absolute pleasure as always. We've got to make you a regular because the, the thing people about love you, I'm in the live right now, Tom. This is what I was about to say. The thing about when you come on, you hold the audience. It doesn't fluctuate. It's all four, four ninety, five hundred people live, and we know that thousands more are going to listen after because Sunday, you know, people want to get in bed ready for Monday. But the thing is, is that you hold the audience and, you know, it's a discussion between us, which, you know, we, we like to listen to what you say. You're very, very powerful individual. Still, um, still, your voice is very, as I said at the top, very relevant. And we always learn something by listening to you. I mean, look, you don't have many interviewees that come on pre-prepared. Man's got box record out. Man, man, all he's ready. You know he's a student in this thing here. And, yeah, the thing. And, and, I, and I, I'm very grateful and thankful to you, brother. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Keep educating us. Keep, keep talking about what you've done. And keep letting... Come there's on. a lot of young people that don't know who Ollie Harrison is. We have to be educated about what you've done for boxing, uh, British boxing, and the amateur system, which they are competing in. Um, so big up yourself, A-Force. Spence, or oh, before that, Thomas Newell, thank you for the £5. I feel AJ needs to empty the tank 
needs and empty the tank moment. When Yard was heading for a players loss, they went for it. I hope OJ AJ gets the win or gets stopped trying. And that's the kind of fight Ollie Harrison said it needs to be. It needs to be that Deontay Wilder, just go for it. you got to. You can't leave anything. You can't leave that stadium that night thinking, what if? If you're feeling tired, fam, just go for it. And I, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in agreement with you there, Thomas Dibble. Thank you for the five pounds. Spence? Yep, like I said, plum pleasing pleasures to have Ollie Harrison all the Arsenal's held me up and said, yeah, we're doing the show or what? I said, what, you're still in London? He said, no, I'm in America. I said, no, yeah. big up all the Arsenal for that. You know what I mean? Also, I said, condolences for my mum. So, big up all the Arsenal. Always a plum pleasing pleasure because you speak the rules. And that's why I enjoy having you on here. No sure. sitting on the fence. No splinters in the bottom. Just talk the thing. You know what I mean? All the Arsenal, the A-Force is still a force to be reckoned with. Peace, two fingers. Bless. Thank you very much, Audley. Thank you, Ords. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for the Thank love. Thank you, on the show. Great talk, great entertainment, the knowledge. Tunde, you guys are doing a great job. Keep doing you. Keep doing what you're doing, man. And just go on good. Bless up. Love. Yeah, yeah. Love. Spence, all is serious, man. Always love listening to Ord. He's just a, just a great guy. and well, just for knowledge. Truth and, uh, and talks what's in his heart and, and not ashamed of it. You know what I mean? No, no, not ashamed. Not ashamed of it. And you know what I mean? I just I just like listening to Audley because he he will speak the game. You know what I mean? And it's like a lot of people they they're worried too much about this bridgingship business in this game. You know what I mean? But then when you're if you're respecting the bridgingship, you should still be able to give an honest opinion. You know what I mean? You don't have to uh and that's what I'm saying. And I'm looking forward to it. But this week, you know what I mean this week it's gonna be a great show coming up this week because Keys to victory will be done. Yes, country done. Big up yourself. There will be keys to victory that will be done by myself and Tundi Ajayi. But we've got to get Tundi on the right time because you know he's in camp as well, right? But we will be doing keys to victory for both Usyk and AJ this week because we're going to get some mad numbers. Might I might even get into the gym with Tundi and we do some breakdowns for you. We, I mean, let's 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 be let's see how that goes. We've got to talk to Gary, but I think Gary's changing nappies right now or or. Mm-hmm. Putting some SMA. What was it? SMA. What was the baby powder? SMA. Big up P. Thank you so much, P, for the ten pounds. Big up brothers. Big up Audley. Peace and blessings. Turn. I beg. Leave in peace and please don't wear that top again. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, this is the greatest top on earth right now, fam. <laughs> the greatest top on earth. Arsenal. The Gunners. Rock up, man. First game of the season. And we're going to keep this thing going. We're going to keep this thing going. Um, but yeah, great show, Spence. Really enjoyed tonight's. I enjoyed that. I mean, unfortunately, Ambrose Mendy was on the line waiting. I said, look, because all it was so in the thing, I said, I could do Ambrose in a week. And we still got. Yeah, man, like, you bring him I didn't know he was on the line, but you should have bring him in. Yeah, he come, he come begging to come in. I said, look, man, just wait. But no, seriously, <laughs> I didn't want to. You know how it goes. Um, it's been good to listen to Ambrose, even even if it was like a little ten minutes. You know, you should have. Yeah, you know what? We'll get, we'll get, we'll get. Um, get when I'm doing a breakdown for um, Audley Har- Audley Harrison, when I get the breakdown for AJ Usyk or Usyk AJ um, two, I'll I'll get Ambrose in up on the weekend. Ambrose is really more um, more for the Ben Eubanks. Just listen, that's the only listen to me, yeah. 
I'll say to anyone, just go watch back Ambrose Mendy, how incremental he was in the progression <laughs> of Nigel Ben. I said he can't come in front of all Got all the Arizona's big right there, fam. Bro, mash up all these things, we need to hear all Right, exactly. You know I mean and and you know I mean and we'll, we'll, like I said, Ton, it's been a it's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed today. And yeah, you know, I've really enjoyed it. Energy. I didn't even have to talk today. You know what I mean? Yeah, and neither did you. We just had to just sit and just listen to how all you break it down. I hope that people enjoyed what Ollie Harrison had to say. Um loads of people like to turn around and say Ollie Harrison was an underachiever. Now I'd like to know if a man won a Commonwealth Commonwealth gold Commonwealth gold, gold yes. an Olympic gold, yes, an ABA championship, so he's national champion, right? Yes. Um goes out, goes out and fights as a professional boxer, becomes a Commonwealth a Commonwealth champion and challenge a European champion and challenges for the WBA heavyweight title of the world. I don't see that as an underachiever. No, sir. No, okay. sir. Fact, where, he come, where he's come from, he's, right. some would say he's overachieved. You know? Um, but yeah, he is what is a great guy and look forward to having him back on this illustrious, great show. Because this that's what this show is. This show is... Um, we just touching everything, and I'm 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 proud to be a part of it. Proud to s- sometimes hear you spit. The, well, I've been hearing it from day one a eh, before the show, but sometimes you continue to amaze me with your knowledgeable self. And um, just keep doing what you're doing, Spence. Keep studying. you just keep on doing what you're doing. I'm looking forward. Like this week, like I said, I come down the gym. I see your young man who you got. Um, he's having his first pro fight. Bro. I see Joe's having his, his first pro fight. I see the posters. Look, look. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to this kid because I uh, think... Bear in mind, I, he's the first person I've trained since Anthony. Yeah, because Tony don't train fighters. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this shoot must have something for Tony to go and start training this shoot. So, I'm really, really looking forward to his pro debut. It's actually Anthony who said, nah, unks. <laughs> nah, bro. I know what you said about it, but this you here, this you has got something. It's Anthony. Is Ant? Yeah, I, 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 I must get Ant's blessing. You know, I had to get Ant's blessing. Okay, okay. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to the journey. As like I said to Joel, come in the dance choir, leave noisy, <laughs> broke up man on the thing. Yeah, because he's a he's a he's a great great uh, great young man, uh, and I really really trains hard. That's what I can say. And like I'm saying, I'm looking forward to that. He's like it's a BT debut, and yes. I'm looking for some debut knockout because everyone's telling me about this Stefan new that Tundi's got. <laughs> I've been saying all the world on the street round. Tundi's got some brother, you know, he's like a tumper man. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm I'm being real. Big up Kurt Campbell. I'm looking forward to this one. You know what I mean? And on that note, because we've given you <clears throat> one hour, hour and forty-five minutes yes, of sir. The knowledge and the master genius. So, in the famous words of Tundi Ajay, as we end the show, and he's a Ghanaian boy working with a Nigerian guy, <laughs> Joe Kadua. His brother, young brother, plays for West Ham. Young Kadua, above sporting family, and I'm looking forward to. Um, we didn't even touch on the TFEMO Lewis, but the, the team. Did you see it? Did you see it? Did you see it? Forget TFEMO tonight, but we just... Yeah, but you, see it? No, you see the fight? Yeah, I saw the fight. I, I saw the fight. You know what I mean? 
I don't know where they got that brother from who was fighting. <laughs> That's another story for another day. We'll deal with it on another time. Anyway, thank you, Thomas Riley. Fantastic show as ever. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Thank you for giving us your time because time is the only thing you ain't getting back. <laughs> you ain't getting that. Trust Once me. that's gone, that's gone. And for, for so many people to stay locked in for almost two hours is incredible. It's great. Ladies and gentlemen, we end by saying, dream it, believe it, become it. Come on down. Thanks to every single person up on the live. Thanks to MC Shiesty because she's always sharing our stuff. Big up my sister from Another Mister. Everyone on the live. Everybody's put uh, who's paid in some money. And we'll see you this week for Keys to Victory for Usyk and Joshua with myself, Spencer the Knowledge Ferron, and my brother from Another Mother, Baba Tundi Ajayi, the Master Genius. Peace, two fingers. We're out.